Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And joining me as my guest co-host again is Justin from the TNC Sports Talk. What's going on? Good morning. Uh, Dwaylon is still enjoying his time down in sunny Florida on a well-deserved vacation. And I've been texting with him back and forth. Just, you know, want to know how good is the vacation. And he's like, dude, it is just absolutely awesome. Uh, he really needed, I mean, it, it's been good to just go down there and kind of just relax yeah. because if you well, know, Dwayne, time, he's, al- he's always on the go. So it's time to, it's nice for him just to relax next time. Tell Dwayne, he has to get all of us to go at the same time. That'd be good. <laughs> we all uh, probably need it. But. Uh, because well, the part of Florida he's in, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly familiar with because it's really close to where I went to tech school at, oh. you know, up in the panhandle. So, um, but Florida, I, I absolutely love Florida, especially the beaches or super nice i know some people just hate florida for like my daughter spent nine months in florida says she hates it right and i don't get it but i'm like whatever but i mean you know listen i have been following on his social media pages and uh you know he's been posting a lot about his trip and you know they look uh you know the family looks rejuvenated which mm-hmm. is a good thing because uh you know the ups and downs the ins and outs over the last several months um yep everyone um, needs it oh yeah everyone definitely needs that uh, this weekend, my wife and I are actually going away because today is her birthday. Happy birthday uh, to her. Happy birthday to my lovely wife. And we are going away this weekend. Um, and this will be the first time if we've gone away, just me and her since 2004, August of 2004. So it's been no almost kids. exactly 19 years. Yep. No kids. And, Where are they the, going to be at? Uh, they're going to be here. My, my daughter's 21, so she can actually, yeah. you know, stay with my uh, son and, you know, of course, the last time we did, you know, she was four and I was uh, actually already in Vegas you know, for work. And, you know, so she flew out there uh, one weekend and my in-laws actually watched uh, our daughter, you know, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's the last time we've ever had anything. And actually, and she flew out there with a friend of hers. Now, her friend, you know, stayed in her own room. But because of my work, we had to leave uh, because we didn't actually work in Vegas. We worked about four hours north of Vegas. And so we had to leave Sunday night to get to um, pretty close to the work site where we were going to be working. Because even where we stopped at a hotel, it was still about another two hours to get to where our work site was and where we were actually going to be staying. And I'm not going to get into where we were actually at, but But it necessitated leaving Vegas Sunday night because we had made the mistake of leaving Vegas at two o'clock in the morning once, you know, because we were there for um, a month. And, you know, like, yeah, I never made that mistake again. So my wife, when when I had to leave to go up to where we were working, she stayed in her friend's room. You know, so. So, so initially, this is your first getaway away from the kids and seems like in, in a century. Yeah, uh, just about. I mean, just about. last time was in 2004, August. This weekend, so. this weekend, you don't have nothing to worry about. No work. I don't find, yep. I'm pretty sure she's going to leave work behind too um, for the weekend. And I think the only thing you're going to miss is SummerSlam. And I'll be able to watch that, you know, uh, on demand, maybe Sunday night once we return. I am going to, I am going to need Peacock. to watch it. Thanks to Peacock. And I had to do that last year, though, for SummerSlam. Because yeah. uh, SummerSlam last year, we were down in Orlando taking my daughter there so she could start her 
uh, Disney College program, nice. you know, stay. So I actually missed SummerSlam last year. And Dwayne would actually was actually at SummerSlam. And he was at SummerSlam. So he's going to miss today's episode, but he's in with us in spirit because I know he texted you the results. Yep. So let me ask you that question real quick. Um, you know, because I get that, and I'm not really too like I'm not a big person to go back and rewatch something. I'd rather just tune into the highlights because for me, there's a lot of dead period. Um, it looks like to me, SummerSlam this year. It's nice and simple. There's only eight matches on the card. Matter of fact, there's a couple matches that should have been on the card probably that are have been pushed for later. You know, Santos, Theory, U.S. title probably should have made the card, didn't. Um, this big build-up between Becky and Trish for the last, what, three months since WrestleMania should have been at a SummerSlam this, this uh, Saturday, but instead they're going to have it in two weeks in Canada on a Monday Night Raw. So... Um, mm. you, you're going to miss SummerSlam. Is it the same compared watching it live to watching it the day later? Or do you just, um, I, I, well, okay. I get what you're saying about just watching the highlights, but I mean, if you haven't watched it yet, you know, you're relying on somebody else to tell you what their definition of the highlights are. So what I do, the matches are going, I generally don't watch the video packages in between the matches because, okay. You know, why would I? Because right. most of the time I already know what's going on. And the video package packages normally aren't going to determine what my grade is going to be for the show. Right. So, they're, they're just basically uh, video packages to create some sort of break, like a live Raw or SmackDown, to give time between Oh, it's matches. to give time between matches, but it's also because WWE, they really, really try to get people to watch it for the first time. That's why a lot of times they'll have like these free views. And I, I don't know if they're still doing this where you get the first month uh, free, you know, as kind of a, Hey, the sample it. And if you don't like it, you know, but that's the way the old network was. Yeah. And, I don't think with Peacock, they have that. Right. So they're showing um, for the people who might not be regular watchers, yeah. you know, okay, here's what led up to this match. And I get that, you know, that, that that's why they do it. But like you said, though, it's, it's kind of a filler. It's kind of a, a break in between the matches. Um, I almost dare say it's a good chance for people to go hit the bathrooms, even though the bathrooms at events like that are always long. Um, well, this was also, this is, was the invention of, well, you talk about the WWE network for a second, but this was the invention of the kickoff show was design design as a free product exclusively yep. for to get attention to promote the event. And they would even throw in a kickoff match prior to it to kind of, you know, influence people. Hey, before the mat, you know, the show actually starts, don't miss your opportunity. Buy it now. We're also going to throw in a free month of subscription. So this, this pay-per-view or premium live is absolutely free. Come get it down. That's what the WWE Network had exclusively. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, since Peacock is all included, it's they don't really do kickoff shows. Well, anymore. I mean, they they have matches. the pre-show, but they I have not seen them have a a free match. Not in a while. You no, know, not in a while. Um, maybe it was NBC said, hey, you know, cut out the free match. We're not giving away anything for free. Uh, you can tell what the matches are going to be. I don't even think the kickoff show is free though that, that's my thing you have to be subscribed 
to Peacock in order that's, to get anything I, that's WWE. True. That's true. So whether you have it, you know, you get rid of it or not, I think it just becomes money consuming sometimes for, you know, and plus, you know, I think, you know, you and I, you and I rated that in the past wasn't, you know, they kind of had some lane match that probably did not belong and they could have used that time a lot better if they were going to actually have some sort of actual authentic match, like a title match or, you know, a feud that didn't need to be on the actual main PLE. Um, sorry, I got distracted for something. You're fine. I mean, the, the, the they, well, I did find they, out they, that you... they have the uh, Battle Royale. Right. And... I don't know if that's, that could be a pre-match, but... Or well, show they, match. it used to be called back before they always did the, um, especially long before the network, they always called what they called the dark match mm-hmm. and the dark match. I mean, it was literally, you know, it was not being broadcast. Now they had, they would always, they, they record WWE records every match they have a yes. lot as for their own QC purposes or, you know, unfortunately some legality purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they record every match they had, no matter what. Yeah. But the, the dark match was not being broadcast out, but it was a chance for them to test their equipment and everything so they could make sure everything was working the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It just went, went was not being broadcast. That's what they call it, the dark match. Because it's also designed for athletes, you know, if they need to take a look at an athlete for a potential future follow-up right. or something like that, you know, yeah, of course. Um, all right, so you, you still do watch SummerSlam, you know, after the fact. Because for me, I, like, I will this year. Uh, I try okay. to watch the premium live events live when they happen, mm-hmm. but I can't always do that just because, I mean, you know, um, I've already asked my wife if I could watch SummerSlam and she said not only no, but she wanted to punch me in the face for even asking, you know, because, but I mean, we are going to be off. Um, we're going, you know, to a resort somewhere. You know, I'm not going to say where. Um, you know, because I'm letting her plan it all out. I'm just driving. We don't but, want a mob flash, you know, outside yeah. uh, your hotel calling for you. Right. And and so, um, you know, I'd have to I'm not even going to take my laptop. So I would have Good. to watch it if any reason. I, anyway, I'd have to watch it on my phone. And and it's like, no. So I'm just going to, you know, um, but one of the things about knowing that I'm going to be watching something <laughs> at least a day behind is. There's going to be spoilers, and honestly, I'm okay with that because I, I'm not going to tell everybody, hey, don't post on social media. Because I've actually seen some people do that and say, yeah, hey, don't post on social media because I'm not going to be able to do something live. And then it's like, well, you tell them, well, you know, why don't you just stay off social media? Yeah, because then you get. I mean, I follow things like Sportscadia and uh, you know, AB right. and and all that or NB, whatever. It's like. You can't hide the spoiler alert, especially if that's all over your social media pages. I guess you just got to, I mean, yeah, I guess you'll have to be a phone-free person all weekend until you watch. Well, I mean, and, you know, and that's why I'm like, it, yeah, it's, if it's spoilers happen, they happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not like a movie, you know, like when, um, when Force Awakens came out right. and people all of a sudden thought they'd be cute and start posting Han dies. Right. Yeah, Cause I actually had somebody who did that on, it, it was in a group that had nothing to do with star Wars and some idiot posts in there. Han dies. So, and I knew, and it, the movie came out on Thursday. I was watching it the very next day on Friday with my daughter and somebody had posted it during the day. 
And I saw that. So that part was already, but you know, still really at that time, you know, you can go out and talk about spoilers, but sometimes until you actually watch it, it doesn't resonate into you or it could still leave a very big impact on the way that you feel about that type of spoiler. Like, you know, all right. So Hans, you know, so they, they, you know, spoil solo dies. Well, you actually have to see it to believe it almost in that scenario, you know? Right. Um, so. And a friend of my daughter's actually texted her. Same thing. He just texted her. Hey, Han Solo died. And she's like, um, I haven't seen it yet. I'm <laughs> going to watch it tonight. And he's like, oh, you know, sorry. This but... is where I'm like, you're no longer friends. I'm off. To... <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, anyways, um, hey, I got a great kickoff question for you to begin our SummerSlam talk. But we have to do our due diligence here and. We gotta get. We gotta thank some people. Oh yeah, definitely gotta thank some people because this has been a very busy week for me as far as like podcasts go. So I actually have a few more uh, people to thank than what I normally do, uh, and I'll actually get to that. But first, I want to give a a great big thank you to Justin for agreeing to come on the show again, second time this week. Thank you. You know, being a stand-in for Dwaylen, and although we cannot, we cannot replace delicious Dwaylen. Yeah. He's just mm-hmm. nobody can be a, as delicious as Dwaylen. We're at least going to try. So, um, but I mean, that's so Dwayne could actually, without him. yeah, it's not, I mean, that way he can enjoy his vacation and not have to, um, not have to worry about this, you know? So, but Dwayne will be back on Monday. You know, we're planning on being back on Monday anyway, but in the meantime, like I said, I want to thank Justin coming off from the t- taking his a break from his own show, the TNC sports talk. Uh, he was on last night. Unfortunately, I was not able to catch a live stream because I had, a lot of stuff I was trying to take care of because of going away this weekend. But I also want to thank uh, Ted the Hillbilly Hill from the Hill Truth Podcast. By the way, he's a brand new grandfather for the very first time. Congratulations to him and, and his family. Congratulations. Yep. And uh, he actually talks about that on his show, The Hill Truth. Go check him out. He is trending number one in Antarctica and on MySpace. Go check it out. Award winning, critically acclaimed podcast. And just an awesome dude. He really is the pod father. also want to thank BC Hunter at Wrestling With The Truth. Uh, he's always been there to support us. So we we always try to give return the favor as best as what we can. Just an awesome dude. Go check out his podcast, Wrestling With The Truth, Wrestling With The War, Wrestling With The 80s on YouTube. He does a, a kind of a throwback show where he actually looks at things going on. Because I know uh, here recently he was actually uh, analyzing like the Von Erics, which uh, mm-hmm. to me, uh, that's like really cool. I asked you to uh, you the other week, not long ago. Yeah. The Wayland could talk about the Von Erich because I finally came around to watching, you know, the, the, the vice, uh, oh, TV show, oh, dark side of the ring. Um, yes. And I, you know, one of the, one of my, you know, father's, um, you know, what he, what he grew up watching was the Von Erichs. And I was like, they rose up. They were the family dynasty before I feel like dynasties or families really set into place. Yep. And they crashed so hard and some of, you know, a lot of it wasn't even them, you know, it's just, it went downhill from one after the other. And it's like, you're, you're so legendary. What back in the seventies, right? Seventies, eighties, and even Um, late seventies, but mostly through the early to mid eighties. And it's Um, like, so tragic, so tragic. And it's like, Oh, late eighties also. Yeah. You know, is there really like, you can't, I don't know. Do people? I, I feel like there was some tension among how people felt about the Von Erichs. Uh, well, 
and I know you had actually brought it up, you know, me and Dwayne possibly doing an episode about that, but I knew BC was about to do it. And that, that's why I decided uh, to hold off because right. I, you know, because I knew BC, first of all, he's going to do a, a bang up job, yeah. you know, but I didn't, I didn't want to feel like I was just mirroring him or copying him. You know, it's also good to give some time to hear what they have to say to maybe exactly. Generator. And plus, I mean, the reason why I came to you about it is because I know you guys were watching wrestling around that time. And yeah. you guys know plenty about them. And to hear it from firsthand from who grew up watching them. I mean, that's why I think I initiated. was like, all right, can you maybe at some point this year? Maybe at some point, um, probably closer, if I had to really guess, probably honestly, closer to December when the movie is coming out. There's a okay. movie actually coming out about the Von Eric. So it'll probably yeah. be closer to that time because um, it'll be fresh on people's mind. And so we'll give our own takes, but, uh, but along with BC Hunter, I want to thank the guys over at the finish your wrestling podcast. Uh, there's guys out of Buffalo, New York. They've also been very supportive of us. Um, some awesome guys. And so go check them out. Finish, finish your wrestling. All right. Great analytical minds. Great show. And, and also the dad world order podcast, which yes. they, they're actually now they've become personal friends of ours. Like, because we've actually met them yeah. you know, outside, um, of this space here outside of the the interweb verse uh, because in fact i actually met them and eric big rig he actually saw my shirt it was actually at an nwf show and he saw my shirt and he's like first of all love the shirt you know second he said we have our own podcast i think oh, okay you know they were got to talking i said what's your twitter and i looked it up we were already following each other on twitter that was the funny thing <laughs> so so i actually got to meet those guys and that's when we've actually arranged uh they've been on my podcast you know or they've been on this podcast so every yeah. once in a while you know um it's not just my podcast you know i will say that um but they've been on this podcast we've been trying to arrange so Dwayne and i can appear in their podcast uh, but another another great one they actually they they've had some pretty good interviews on theirs and oh yeah, um, and I'm trying to think, I know I'm missing somebody. I'll actually normally, you know, I have you right about now is when I when I have you because I have like a certain order that I've been putting yeah. it in. But um, I also want to thank uh, the mixtape podcast. I was actually uh, on their show this past Sunday. We recorded their that episode. Actually, should be out here pretty soon. Uh, I want to thank the, the the guys Jamie and John at the True Crime Cast and bless their hearts podcast it's pretty cool to hear your name being shouted out on on a podcast especially you know especially one as good as theirs yes but to hear it on two different episodes mm. and uh all in the same day one was their patreon exclusive episode which and that one is really cool because i'm the one who actually wrote their patreon exclusive episode uh, for this month and so they shouted me out for that and then I listened to their non-Patreon exclusive. Now, I kind of listened to them out of order because on the non-Patreon, they actually said, oh, we're going to have this this one on our Patreon exclusive. And so I listened to them, you know, backwards. Yeah. But, I mean, it didn't matter. But, they, but once again, they shouted me and not only this podcast, but they also shouted out um, the Cubicle Chat podcast I have, which is my non-wrestling. Now... <laughs> yesterday yes yeah you know, i'm gonna give another shout out oh, no. to a man named nate metz he actually he's pretty much the owner of stove leg media mm -hmm. um 
they host True Crime Cast, Bless Their Hearts, and a lot of other podcasts, including Nate's own podcast called, called Mysteries of the Ohio Valley, where he talks about what he calls everything from Pittsburgh to Paducah. And okay. he, um, well, he's in the process right now of moving. He's, he's moving back from France. He's been living in Paris for like the last four or five months. He has an apartment in Cincinnati and one in, in Paris. Tell me that's not one of the coolest things that you ever heard. You know, I, I would grow. I would love, you know, I think a lot of people in this case would love to have just to be able to say, hey, I own my own place. Right. Because um, that's so, I mean, that's becoming more rare and rare to be heard of. But to be able to have multiple places, man, you feel yeah. like one of those big leaguers, you know, who has well, set I up think... in Florida, Los Angeles, Taiwan, you know. Well, I think he owns or at least has the apartment in Cincinnati year round. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because he was mentioning yesterday on his latest episode of Mysteries of the Ohio Valley, which it was a story about the little bitty town of Utopia, which uh, Utopia is it's on US 52, about 40 miles. Well, if you get on US 52 and you travel about 40 miles as a crow flies, it's probably closer to about 25. But as the road winds, it's about 40 miles from Cincinnati on you, you know, heading east on US 52. And this is a very interesting town. It's a little bit town of like 150 people, but yeah. it's got a very interesting history. You know, including like been a couple of, of basically they were almost like cults who lived there. Okay, one of yeah. which thought the world was going to the oceans were going to turn into um, pink lemonade. It feels like one of those towns where people made it up just for a fantasy tale. And you would think, but I mean, but this was all real and it all happened right. back in the 1800s. And uh, but I actually wrote the story up for Nate and he actually used it on a show. So, and he also shouted me out, you know, so it's been a very kind of cool week. But then yesterday. For those of you who already who have already listened or watched the episode yesterday, we had Noah Gabriel on. Of course, Noah, this is about the fourth time he's been on the show. And Noah, you know, he's got a little bit of a different attitude. And, you know, he um you know, he said, Don't tell don't say I turned to the dark side. This has always been me. And, you know, well, at the end of the episode, he decided he was gonna blow his nose on an armchair booking t shirt. Oh man. Okay, it's like, man, come on, Noah. No, you're classless, man. Classless. And you know, so right now we got a little bit of we're going to have some little bit of beef going with Noah, you know, cuz he's you know, he uh he threw down the gauntlet right there. So uh, I feel like this really does help Noah though. I mean, if you know, you've been hiding this you know, this personality for so long and you've been this friendly person and look at where or how far that's gotten you in nwf so you know he, someone has to do it and it's, you know it's either you know it's either you know if you can't beat them you join them in this sense for noah and he's like you know th hopefully now since he finally gets his his real self out there he can finally do some stuff up in uh you know with nwf uh, and we were also talking about the the NWF, who first-time listeners, NWF is the Northern Wrestling Federation. They're based out of Cincinnati. And on August 19th, they were having their big summer show called the Summer Sizzler. It is down at Hits. It's a baseball complex down in Covington, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And 
Uh, I don't know if they have any VIP tickets left. I got uh, VIP tickets for me and my and my son and my daughter, and it was second row VIP. The first row sold out quickly. They actually yeah. added a second row. So, uh, and they've actually said they're going to have a panel of like some of their Hall of Famers, and there's going to be a mystery guest. Uh, I'm, can we do spoilers on this? One, uh, I, I don't know who it is. So I, I mean, saw the image of the shape of the person. It was really detailed, and um, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's he is truly a Hall. He's a recent Hall of Famer. Put it that way. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> um, well, I'm going to tell you what. Now you see that those two belts behind me, right he's, back there. Yeah, the one at the bottom. I'm going to be bringing with me, and and I'm okay. normally not a guy who brings the belts to the the shows. Um, Let me put it this way: he is not. All, I mean, all okay. If I if I may, he's not in ring active anymore. Nope. He is still active with companies. I believe the last yep. time I heard. So yeah, um, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, he, it's a well worth treat. Uh, great guy. Got a chance to meet him himself. If if, yep. if it's the guy that that if uh, it's who I think it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's another reason I'm bringing that belt because I want him yeah. to autograph it because he actually held that belt. And he will uh, once upon a time. And so, uh, and he will add the, his autograph alongside Tommy. I would Rich also want to mention this, if you Severn. don't mind. What's up? If, if this is the guy we are talking about, we're talking about a, you know, among NWF Hall of Famers, and there's a lot of Lamont's, right? But the people that are showing up, you may be like, who are they? You know, unless you really are NWF, you know, diehard fans. But this person, you know him. Outside of NWF to the point where, you know, he was, you know, if you talked about wrestling, you you brought up this category, this topic, you could have been, oh, yeah, that's who, it, you know. Yeah, so he's well known. Let me put it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, he's he is pretty well known. Uh, hopefully he puts his autograph beside beside Wildfire Tommy Rich and Dan the Beast Severn on that belt because I've already got some autographs on there. And then when he does it, you got to show it on. I'll, oh, I will. I will, I will definitely show it and I will have him hold it and take a picture. But, uh, and also a friend of the show named, uh, Tiny Tim, this will be your first time mm-hmm. meeting Tiny Tim. Um, you know, he's a NWF hall of famer, also a friend of mine, his, his wife and my wife were actually good friends, which is wild. <laughs> I mean, they're friends. Like they knew each and he other. Still, he still but, competes. He still competes. He still, yeah. yeah. Uh, usually it's just Mount Orr, but, um, but yeah. He took I mean, some time I, off, uh, back when we first became, uh, uh, acquaintances. Uh, because he was going through, I believe, surgery, right? He yeah, was, he, uh, had, he had a up with um, who was he? T- Lotus, and uh, at the time, and I think he got hurt, and he took care of that, and it's good. Hey, you can you can come back from. An, I always love seeing those stories where you can come back from an injury, and still thrive. Yep, like nothing ever happened. So. Um, but if you want your own T-shirt, please don't blow your nose in it. But then again, if you already paid for it, I mean, truthfully. Maybe you got to make napkins or t- or handkerchiefs, yeah. armchair booking handkerchiefs for people uh, to blow I, their nose. I will have to see if T T Public actually does that because, as you know, because yeah. I know TNC Sports Talk is also on T Public for merch. Uh, if you go to tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast, you can actually find our merch, which includes T-shirts. It includes coffee mugs. Hold on. Uh, you know what? I got my coffee you mug. You found your eat. coffee mug. Yeah, both using, of them. Yeah, this is. I have this coffee mug, and I have this tumbler, which you showed your tumbler the other day. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I finally I found it again. I like uh, that one. They do not make the tumblers anymore. They do. Oh, they they went back to they making do. them. Well, I mean, I've never at least on my page they never stopped making them. 
Um, because it was the Tumblr themselves. I mean, because they they take the Tumblr and then they they add all the good stuff to it. So I'll have to go on their the merchandise merchandise site. I'm I was just on, on right it now. the other day, and I've been on it on and off the last couple of weeks, and they still. So yeah, I mean, check it. Ah, uh, maybe know, they, but... maybe they added it again because I need to get at least need to get a new top because my dog decided she liked the the smell of coffee, and there was a little bit of left in there because you know you could never actually get it all out, and she started chewing this one day. Sharing it's caring, Steve. It is, but, uh, and also we're the armchair booking podcast, armchair booking wrestling podcast is not just audio, but it's also video, but on as far as audio platforms go, if you give a rating and you give her a five-star rating and a review, like on Apple podcast, it'll show up and I'll actually read that on air. But if you are on any kind of app that our platform that does not let you give a review, but you can still give a rating, you give me a screenshot and I will actually read on air. Well, good friend of the show, Kyle. Uh, he actually, former co-host, actually, Kyle. Hey. Uh, he actually sent me a review that he did on Good Pods, because Good Pods is one of the ones you can div- give um, a rating to. And he says, five stars for the number 37 wrestling podcast, which means rank number 37, like of all wrestling podcasts. There you go. Stunning Steve and Delicious Dwellin are the Midnight Express of podcast host. Relevant topics, wide variety of discussions, and the occasional guests make this a good listen. My favorite guest is the Quarter Million Dollar Man. That guy is the best. Keep it up. Hey. The Quarter Million Dollar Man is Kyle, by the way. There you go. Uh, and I love that nickname, the Quarter Million Dollar Man. Uh, uh, maybe one day I can be a Quarter Million Dollar Man right now. For I'm, me, I'm just the Quarter Dollar Man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just a Quarter Man. <laughs> Um, I don't even think I'm, you know, right now because bills and not working, which by the way, I have a job interview today, uh, thankfully. But right now, you know, I don't even know if I'm a thousandaire, you know, and if I am a thousandaire, I know all that's going to be going towards bills. Right. <laughs> so, uh, trying to think if I've forgotten anything. I don't think, I don't believe I have. Nope. So, but that's a lot. Well, you know, thank you for every, oh, I also want to give a thank you to, Rescue Randy, a good friend of mine, good friend of the show, for also he guest co-hosted yesterday, and because he he had a few words he wanted to give to, to Noah, and yeah. Randy's been watching the NWF since like two thousand one, so yeah. so he really really knows the history. So he had a few words he wanted to give to Noah, and he was shocked as I was when Noah did his his classless classless act, and and I know that you know listen, um, I know that. Delicious Dwaylin, you can't, no one can beat him, you know, but I do, you know, I do feel like, you know, when you had Randy on yesterday or, you know, with, with Noah, right. Right. And, you know, it kind of worked perfectly in the sense of, all right, you have an NWF interview with an NWF talent and you have someone who is in the same field as we're kind of in, right. He does his own stuff. And or, you know, very well known. And, you know, he's also has a vast world of knowledge in NWF. So he's he's able, you know, he knows the past. He knows the present. And I'm sure he could predict some of the future of NWF. And he is a perfect candidate to sit in with Noah to really pick his brain and to, you know, get the best stuff out of him. And that's what we look for. Right. Right. And and uh, you, you know, and hopefully and maybe this will be a consideration. and. Like I said, nothing against Dwaylin. You know, he's he's a human encyclopedia when it comes down to professional wrestling himself. But you know, 
when you get, you know, uh, NWF star, you know, Randy can definitely, you know, cut himself into maybe help you guys out or, help, you know, help to get the true juicy stories that everyone wants to know. And see, because, you know, he and I both remember watching Noah before he even stepped in the ring when he was um, a commentator. Right. When he was mm-hmm. doing interviews with people and he was probably about 50 pounds lighter than what he is now. You he know, looks in then, tremendous shape. Yeah, he does. I mean, I have to admit it, even though, you know, he blew his nose on my shirt, <laughs> you know, um, but what you don't see on the video he posted, I I blew my nose on his shirt right after that because I was wearing, mm. you know, a Noah Gabriel shirt. Uh, but anyways, we, moving on to SummerSlam, the reason why everybody tuned in well there was why everybody downloaded the podcast exactly hey you know what interesting fact i think i'm i posted this up yesterday SummerSlam's the first ple that's back in the state right you have backlash in puerto rico you have night of champions in saudi arabia money in the bank was at the o2 you know arena in london oh that's right yeah and so this is the first pay-per-view that's, back that's- in, in the, the states, the, well, in the continental United oh. States, because technically Puerto Rico is it's a U.S. territory. Okay, you know, but I mean, if you want to say the continental United States, oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, you know, the WWE just put out or uh, released their quarterly, you know, f- you know, revenue. Oh, I haven't seen and that they, yet. And I shared a little bit on my on the uh, podcast yesterday, and they did quite well. I think they set some records. I think it was also Money in the Bank or Money in the Bank was the highest. Paid PLE, I believe. I, I don't know the you know exact. I want to say, I don't want to get it wrong. I want to say one of the highest paid PLEs total overall, with uh, with how large the O2 Arena is. Oh, in the O2 Arena, I mean, I've been in that arena before, and it, yeah. it's it's big, you know. And um, so they they were really proud of what they produced out there and i'm just thinking i hopefully we could bring that back in to the w you know to the you know continental state because i know the wwe is trying to expand internationally and i can see if they're having a lot of success in different countries when it comes down to ple's then i can see them doing it more often and to be honest other than maybe like your four, you know, like especially WrestleMania, I, I would hate to see WrestleMania into you know go somewhere else. But if they're having success that way, global's the way to go. I say just keep on going. And this one being held in Detroit, um, okay, technically it'll be the first SummerSlam held in Detroit. Uh, however, SummerSlam in nineteen ninety three was in Auburn Hills, which is. Mm-hmm. Considered part of the the Detroit metropolitan area, but it's like thirty five miles north of Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. just just like it, that's about the distance is what I am from Cincinnati. You're not going to have somebody come all the way out to where I live and say, "Oh yeah, this is Cincinnati." They want so I mean Auburn Hills, and see that was the Summer Slam, which a lot of people it's considered to be one of the worst ever. In fact, one of yeah. the worst WWE pay per views ever, right? Um, because that was the one. Uh, it was just not good. And then the very, the ending of it was when Lex Luger beat Yokozuna by count out. Right. Right. And then they celebrated like, you know, he had just, um, saved. saved he just pinned Andre the giant, for example. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I you know, understand. And 
it was like, okay, he still didn't win the belt. Because so we're considering this SummerSlam as a redemption SummerSlam for nineteen for a twenty year what thirty year in the making if you think about yeah, it yeah thirty years ago so but I mean I don't know I'm not necessarily too big of the location I remember when WWE was doing multi year deals at SummerSlam you know they had it all the time in Los Angeles at the Staples Center and then they went to the Barclays you know Barclays Center, Barclay Center in New York because that was a bigger venue than Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of feel like you should keep it more in a location where you're, you know, you're going to get the, the, you know, the fan reaction. Florida for me is also a good alternative, but Hey, you know, like I said, redemption, SummerSlam 30 years in the making. Um, let me ask you this off the bat. Um, we have to, let's, let's just start off with the biggest question. Uh, any surprises that you would be interested in seeing? This Saturday, this Saturday, yeah. Surprises, yeah. That I would want to see. That yeah, that you could expect to say that you would say, hey, that made sense in seeing happen, like a surprise return, surprise debut. You know, any any like surprise action, like you know, someone cashing in the money in the bank contract. If Finn Balor wins. Damian Priest is going to cash in. That's going to be my prediction. Um, now, I will say, Jwaylen, you know, he gave me his predictions, and he did say Finn over Seth. Okay. But he did not mention a cash in, you know, um, and I'm not going to say that he forgot because Jwaylen doesn't forget things like that, you right. know, because he did actually have some other things uh, in here as well because we always try to add, like, the, I don't know if you want to call it, like, the side bet. Yeah. Uh, and... Let's call it the over-under yeah, in the sense. There we All go. right, over-under. Let me ask you that. Um, e- um, Eero Sky cashes it in and becomes new woman's champion. Uh, what, against Asuka? Mm-hmm. Asuka retains. Eero Sky goes in, ca- cashes in, and she becomes walks out as the new, what, world, no, not world, WWE woman's champion. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I could see it happening. And there's there's not many for me with Eurosky, there's not many two like well, perfect opportunities. Right. I mean, and they're not right now, they're not gonna book her to beat Rhea. Rhea Ripley, she right now she's one of the hottest things in Sunburn. Exactly. She is, you know, her stars on the rise. They're not gonna do anything to you would think they're not gonna do anything to Rhea Ripley and Rhea 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 uh, by the way, Rhea Ripley does not have a match on this card. Uh, believe me, I've noticed. So, because Raquel but, Rodriguez is, I believe, injured, has sustained a small uh, injury from the attack, so they're going to have well, it. Well, she'll be there accompanying Finn Balor. Yeah, of course. You know, so they'll all be there accompanying Finn Balor. Um, She'd go in the Battle Royal and win it. I mean, we've seen that happen before. Uh, you know what? It, it could happen. Um, But if we go down to matches, and these, I mean, I'm going to list the matches that they are. They're listed on Wikipedia because... Uh, Fortunately, that's also what Jwaylen did, because <laughs> yeah. that's what I would have done. Um, very first See, match, he, yeah. Uh, the first match listed is Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. Just the same. Oh, we're match. just getting right off on this. Oh this yeah, rubber I mean, match. Okay. Yeah, the rubber match. I mean, this is the order they have it listed, All right? Um, and I will. I might actually skip a, over a couple of things, but um, and I will say, Jwaylen has predicted Cody over Brock. Okay. So I can see that. Um, and 
and this is where we go. Okay. We always say, who do we think is going to win? Who do we think should win? And I think personally, Cody should win this because it's not going to hurt Brock Lesnar if he loses. Um, By the way, it would hurt Cody if Cody lost. And and it would also, to me, it would hurt the company because all of a sudden they're relying on Brock Lesnar again. And he's not as big as what he was even, you know, a year ago. Okay. You know, so think, think about last year's SummerSlam, he was actually in the title match with Roman and he, he brought a tractor to the ring and, you know, right. lifted it up and, and everything. Exciting. Yeah, it was fun. But people are, are actually tired of seeing Lesnar, I think. Well, I you think know? also Lesnar since last year at Elimination Chamber, I would say, he's starting to understand or at least starting to give back to the company and help put over young people. He's put over, he's helped contribute putting over Austin Theory, Roman Reigns time and time again. I mean, he's had matches where he will take a loss because I mean, he worked with Omos, which we haven't seen Omos since WrestleMania. Right now, has he worked with Omos at WrestleMania? Was it? Um, was it WrestleMania where he where he actually did the F five on Omos? Yeah, and, and, I mean, and, and honestly, it killed it killed Omos's momentum. Omos needed to win. Well, yeah, he that's why we haven't and, seen him since then. To be honest, well, I mean, because Omos, he's a big dude. He's a mm-hmm. legit athlete. You know, he played basketball at University of South Florida. I mean, he's that's a Division one school. Doesn't matter if they're mid major. I mean, that's still a Division one school. He well, can't he, dance in the ring though. And, he can't uh, dance in the ring, and that's the thing. I mean, um, it, height like that does not necessarily equate to success in the ring because your height actually limits you in a wrestling ring. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. We've seen some big athletes be able to accomplish quite a lot in the ring. Braun Strowman, one of those big, tall guys, Kane, the undertaker. I mean, they can do it. And so it's not saying you can't be done, but with the right tools and the right guidance, you can do it. Um, So you're saying Cody over Brock. I'm saying Cody over Brock because it also, it makes since now that doesn't mean WWE is necessarily going to do it, but I'm I'm calling Cody yeah. over Brock. Can I give you two points real here on this storyline? Sure. First of all, this is a rubber match series, so they both had a win apiece. Um, they stretched this out since WrestleMania. We got to remember as fans that this all started the night after WrestleMania when Cody wanted one last chance against Roman Reigns, and he put up on the line saying, "Hey, if we I could beat you, I find a tag team partner." to beat you and Solo Sokoa, that I will get one more chance. Now, Cody has also said that he will go through anything. He has to earn his title shot once again to face Roman Reigns for that WWE Universal Championship, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the path. Brock Lesnar has been this decade-long feud with Roman Reigns. So how do you start this path? But you have to go through Brock. So that's one reason why Cody needs to win, because in order to move forward, in order to get closer to that championship and becoming champion, you have to beat the past, right? And Brock Lesnar is one of the big influentials to Roman success of the past, correct? Yeah, Brock is one of the, um, I guess, had obstacles. Like three or not four really matches, obstacles, or... but I mean, but yeah, it is one of your trials that you're going to have to pass before. So Cody needs this win because of that. This is that stepping stone. And the fact that they're able to move it out for to rest to SummerSlam, and they didn't need too much to make that happen. They had a couple matches. Great. They Cody Rhodes is better on the mic, so you send him out every week, and then Brock Lesnar comes in and does what he does best. 
and destroys Cody Rhodes. The second thing is, is that there has been the conversation of Brock and the future with the WWE for quite some time. And you mentioned this earlier this week when we talked about, about uh, wrestling. Um, when you go out of the business or when you're starting to head out, you tend to give back and put people over. And a sure. win for Cody Rhodes, Brock is putting Cody Rhodes over. And this would be a huge win under Cody Rhodes' belt back in the WWE. So, for me, those are my two arguments on why Cody not only needs to win, but he will win this match. Now, one of my questions I got to ask you, is there anything that you can see happening? Maybe a begin of another feud. I know there's conversations or rumors about a couple of returns, such as a guy like Bray Wyatt, Brandy Orton, which both could, you know, jumpstart, you know, another feud for Cody heading into Survivor Series, which is the next big PLE in November. Um, I did a little bit more reading up about Bray Wyatt and yeah, he's not coming back anytime soon. Okay. Um, he's having, he is having some health, health issues. They got some of the more mental health issues. I mean, um, and I wish, dad, him, I wish him the best. I oh, want oh absolutely. To... Absolutely. Um, because you got to take care of yourself first. Absolutely. And, and also I just saw, um, snippets of an interview. Well, at least it was, I didn't see the video of the interview, but his dad, Mike Rotunda, okay. you know, he said he doesn't miss it. You know, talking about himself. You know, he doesn't yeah. really miss being in the business because he said it was nonstop. And maybe that's what Bray White's doing. And also, I mean, he's he's got some personal stuff going on outside of the ring. And it's been a little bit documented, you know, because he had a very kind of a messy split with his, his first wife mm. over the fact that he knocked up his now second wife. Right. And, you know, so that can, you know, so he's got families, you know, he's got. All right. Set, you know, so Bray kids. White's out. He's going to take care of his right. personal stuff. Um, yeah, he's so I don't think Bray Wyatt will be coming back. That's my personal. How about Randy Orton or Edge? Now, uh, I think Edge is almost done. Um, be honest with you. Does that uh, mean that he can't have a feud with uh, Cody Rhodes? Though? I don't think having Edge, an Edge would not uh, having having Edge feud with Cody. I don't think would make sense having Randy Orton though. Yeah. That one, if if Randy Orton can come back, because he's another one. They're saying Randy Orton might not come back because his injuries. Because he was always, to me, he was always coming back too early. He was not letting his body heal up. And Randy Orton is one of those, his style is not subtle in the least. Right. I mean, it's, his style is very hard hitting. And so, yeah, I mean, his style is prone it, it, to injuries. I mean, it's going to, um, more, it, his style is more susceptible to injuries because, I mean, okay. he, he attacks and he attacks hard. And, you know, and plus, I mean, he's having, you know, what, what was it? His, was his back or, you know, he had, I think he had a neck fusion but, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and so I mean, and once you do that, um, to be honest, me personally, I think once you do anything with your neck, you're having a fusion, or your your back, you're having some kind of spinal fusion, you know, neck mm -hmm. or back. You need to just call it a day because you're taking a lot of risks needlessly, and yeah, uh, and I think with uh, Randy Orton now, if Randy Orton can come back, I do think that having a program with him and Cody would definitely make sense. It'll, I think yeah. the matches would be phenomenal. Both of these guys, Radio Horton's third generation. And but this course, also needs to be kept limited and just down to the point. Like it doesn't need to be overworked. It doesn't need to be, you know, how Brock and Cody is just go in there. And I, I even say a one and done deal, you know, maybe, you know, like I said, at some time, but, um, just a side note, and that's the thing. I will, I would personally like to see Big E, if possible, and Randy Orton at least come back and finish off on a hey winning note. Hey, I'm done. Hopefully, 
let me win. Let me just go off into the sunset on my own terms because Big E didn't get a chance to do that. Randy Orton didn't really quite get a chance to do it. So if they could find a way to return to the ring for one, maybe two matches, don't over push yourself. Just get in there, say, hey, I'm back. I'm healthy. I'm good. You know, let the fans know that I just, you know, I'm moving, you know, and then say, all right, that's it. Then I'm I'm okay with their careers ending, if that's what I mean. I mean, I think it just sucked because Randy, you know, you don't want, I mean, Randy is also at the end of another generation along with guys like Batista and John Cena and, um, you know, those, you know, those up and coming stars that you just quite, quite not ready to let go yet. Because we just got done letting go the the era of um, the Attitude Era in the sense of you know Undertaker and Hunter and Sean, you know what I'm saying? Right. Oh. So all right. Anyways, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> Cody over Brock. Yep. Moving on. Next match listed: Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, singles match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Yep. Um, losing is not going to hurt Seth. Uh, is it time to crown another world heavyweight championship even if it's not Finn Balor Um, I believe so because Seth well okay first of all this championship was created more or less out of thin air because they had given Roman the two belts and then they weren't utilizing him correctly which and they okay the champion of the entire company a unified undisputed champion should be moving back and forth between both brands and they weren't doing that right and so it was an utter well, failure yeah right? utter we, failure. We can so, agree to that. so they decided well we're going to have a world champion on raw which well, by the way editorial moment have your undisputed champion but then have your u.s belt intercontinental belt the title those titles be your number one contenders for both shows that's the way those that's the initial thought it was supposed to be that's what that's they were the treated idea. as years ago the intercontinental championship was the the automatic number one contender for the world belt the u.s champion was the automatic number one contender for that world belt right so, well the initial thought process combining those belts was to have roman go back and forth between raw and smackdown cut down on his workload so that every other month that he could have a match you know and one from each brand and then highlight the IC title and the U.S. title as the main event card holder to each brand. Right. And they weren't doing that. They kept, no. uh, they were playing hot potato with those two belts. And then now, they combined the tag team titles and it's just, it, last year was a, a, a failure. They come back and they now brand split under this new idea of, hey, we're going to, we need to give you a fighting champion, a champion that's going to defend his title anytime, any place, anywhere. And that's why the World Heavyweight Championship came back to Raw because it's the flagship show. And you know, so editorial aside, I think I do think it's time. It's not going to hurt Seth to lose. Finn needs this kind of elevation because he's kind of been stuck in a holding pattern for a while, and his talent level is way too good for what they. It do also with him. just makes sense with the up and rising of the Judgment lately. You know, Money in the Bank winner Damian Priest. The women's world champion, Rhea Ripley. Dominic Mysterio is now a NXT North American championship. However you want to look at it, Judgment Day, who should have gotten that push at the beginning of the year or even last year, it's finally getting the push that they need to kind of reign over the WWE. And with Finn Balor being the icing on the cake, 
you know, of winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, but Finn's not going to walk out of this as world champion. He's going to beat Seth Rollins. He's still not walking out as world champion because Judgment Day, we've seen them imploding. Mm-hmm. And we see that they've all been kind of finger pointing at Finn. And so I think it's time for um, Judgment Day to not break up. That'd be a shame if they actually split off all of them. But Finn anymore is looking kind of like the odd man out. So he wins the title and Damian Priest cashes in and beats him right then, right there, you know, mm-hmm. on the spot. Um, he may smack him around first just to make a point because I don't think Vince, despite here lately, Vince, there's an indictment coming against him again, but Vince is still calling some shots. Vince does not like smaller wrestlers. Finn Balor is a small wrestler. His finishing move is something you see a small, we're talking like smaller than average person use that his little thing where he jumps off the top the row, is the as same gras. as the 619 in, in a sense of right. how small it is and how um, small it should affect somebody. I mean, he only weighs like a buck 30. Right. Like, and the, the person I saw do that coup de gras first was superstar build Dundee. You go look up superstar build Dundee. He was yeah. like five foot tall. Right. It, so it was a move. You see small guys use, um, yeah. you know, so, that, and I'm not a fan of that move because I don't care how you know small he is. You have 130 pounds jumping straight down in your abdomen. It's going to hurt you, and there's yeah uh, the chance that, I mean, you could actually rupture something. Doesn't Absolutely. matter. Uh, so I'm just not a fan of that move, just like I'm not a fan of the buckle bomb. Let because- me ask you this, because the problem that I run into is that I've, you know, you're finally seeing the success of Judgment Day minus Finn Balor. I mean, unless you have someone else that's willing to replace Finn Balor, and I don't know anyone on the roster that fits in, you know, I mean, accordingly right now in storyline. I mean, I yeah, I eventually do see Damien cashing in on Finn and, you know, setting themselves up to a nice pretty match. And I think they're going to have a nice feud when they when Damien does and they have they go at it with each other, right? I mean, Damien and Finn, I think they can make some magic. But... I kind of see that more of a either Survivor Series or even a WrestleMania match, and you really separate, you know, Seth Rollins from that title. Because right now, Seth Rollins doesn't need the title to be Seth Rollins anymore. He's having it because he, you know, he's reliable, he's dependable, he is he's been the face of the company before. So, I will honestly like to see, at least for. You know, not, not even three months if that's the case. All four of them have something to hold at one time. So, yeah, I see Damian Priest, you know, cashing in at some point, maybe here very shortly. But I see nothing. I don't see Damian Priest cashing it in officially. He may tease. He may try to do something sneaky. But I think Finn could win. This is that seven itch, you know, seven years itch that he's been trying to get back. And I think you finally let him get over and win that title that he never lost. Hold it for three months. And then maybe Survivor Series, Damian Priest comes in, cashes it in, takes the title away from him. And then they go on for a feud. 
exactly. <laughs> that was a lot that you just said, but I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, um, I just don't see. I, don't, I just don't see Damian doing it at SummerSlam. I see Finn being punched out of Judgment Day. I don't see him being replaced, at least not initially, because you don't necessarily. But the three remaining people, you know, Damian Priest, Dominic, and Rhea Ripley. I think they wouldn't be able to, to handle it just fine. Now, if you add a fourth, you have to make sure it's somebody who would actually. That's already up there. Yeah, that's already up there. Add something to the group rather than taking it away. Um, but speaking of Rhea, you know, she doesn't have a match to defend her title, but the WWE Women's Championship, which I'll, I'll just, I'm just going to call it the SmackDown title. Um, WWE Women's Champion. Yeah. The. Yep. Uh, triple threat match, Oscar, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair. The three women in this match, you know, you see any of them a combination one on one, it's going to be a great match because all three of them can bring it. Put all three in a triple threat. I'm I'm not a fan of triple threat matches, and I've actually stated this on the show because it usually ends up okay. Two people in the ring, the other one's taking a break outside. Mm-hmm. All right, they get up, come back in. One of the other ones. Gets thrown out, they take a break. Comes back in, you know the the one person who hasn't taken had a chance to take their break. Goes. I don't like the way the triple threat matches uh, end up working. And honestly, I think anytime you're going to have a match with more than two competitors or two teams or whatever, I think they personally they should be elimination matches because a lot of times the triple threats they turn into a a way for the champion to lose their title without actually getting beat. You know, because yeah. they're like, well, we can't hurt their brand. You know, it's it's wrestling for the most part is a zero sum game. You know, if somebody wins, somebody's going to lose. You can't have this whole deal where, you know, well, you, they the lost their title, but too, they can actually lose. If I could point this out too, is that you built some of these talents up so high that you almost can't knock them back down. I mean, look at Charlotte Flair. Right now, Charlotte Flair is at the stage where it just almost looks impossible for her to actually lose a normal contest against someone down below like Dakota Kai, Io Sky, you know, uh, Liv Morgan. And that's because throughout the years, you just built her on winning. And when she does lose, it's by a cheap shot or, you know, some sort of interference. So she doesn't necessarily, you know... Or like you mentioned in this scenario, a triple threat match where she doesn't really have to get pinned either. Now, um, oh, by the way, I, um, I didn't get Dwaylen's uh, prediction. He also said Finn Balor over Seth, by the way. Yeah. Um, you know, in this one, he actually says, and I had it pulled up. And Oscar retains. I did say Oscar. Okay, yeah, that's right. I sent it to you. So you see, Oscar retains. So in other words, Oscar has to pin somebody. Um, make someone tap out or yeah, but Oscar has to win. She has to have a definitive win right there in the ring. It cannot be because the triple threats are notice. They're notice qualification, no count out, which is actually something else that, you know, um, kind of irks me a little bit. It's like, if somebody's laying down outside the ring for, for 10 minutes, yeah, that should be a count out. And guess what? The other two are who are left. There you go. Um, the other thing is on this match as well is that, you know, and I feel, you know, someone's take the reason why it's now is a triple threat match. Yeah, all three competitors are great athletes, but someone has to take the pin 
or, you know, or the 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 L. And I don't think you would have Charlotte Flair take the L. That I mean, I feel like that's one of the reasons why you throw Bianca in. I honestly would love to see Oscar Charlotte in a submissions match. They're both great, you know, submission specialists. Well, I mean, Charlotte has a figure eight. Oscar has a couple moves up for upper sleeve. Right. I would love to see them two in just a submissions match. But I really feel like Bianca's there to pick up the W or the L, not the W, the loss. And they've been kind of teasing. There's been rumors that Bianca's going to turn heel. I think this would be a perfect opportunity for that. Uh, I yeah. don't think I don't think Eo Sky is going to cash in just yet. I don't think the timing would be right. Um, because I don't, I, get, I don't think they're ready to elevate her as the champion just yet. I mean, she's right there, see, but not do quite. Do you see Damage Control getting involved in this match? Uh, I don't, even, I don't see Damage Control getting along yeah. with each other, much less. <laughs> right. So I'm going to call it like this: uh, Oscar retains, but I do see maybe if you're talking about this heel turn with Bianca Belair, which SummerSlam would be a perfect place for it to happen. Mm-hmm. I see after the match, Bianca goes on a tearing rampage on Oscar. This is when Eero Sky comes in and takes advantage and becomes new WWE World, a Women's Champion. Just just a thought. So Eero doesn't yeah. even do any work, you know? Right. And I'm telling you, if Charlotte wins, by the way, they're going to have a riot because people don't want to see Charlotte Flair as the champion again. Because it's, it's one not of those, the right time. It's not the right time. Uh, they feel like Charlotte Flair, this whole thing about her, well, she has... Uh, was it 15, 16 times as woman's she, champion? I think she's a 15-time champion. She will become 16-time champion at some point. But but that not, also means she's, she's lost it 15 times. That's you true. Know? And, and that's one of the things. It's like Bruno San Martino, his two reigns of you know 7,000 days uh, cumulative is a lot more impressive than – like the rock holding it 10 times, but with an accumulative reign of a year. Well, you could say the same thing then to about Ric Flair's 16 time reign and John Cena's 16 time reign. So oh, I agree. then you go back into, all right, who's better? Is it John Cena, Roman Roman? He's had the title longer than John Cena. Uh, um, I mean, do you even consider in the account of how long over the 50, 16 times that John Cena's had the title, you know, how long, if you put all those days together at one, does that equivalent to Roman Reigns? And is that even a conversation? John Cena, he was the face of the company at the time he had the title. I don't know what his longest reign was, um, but Ric Flair, you know, bringing his name up, he didn't start having those shorter reigns until later on. Right. Because, um, okay, his first title reign, he won it off of Dusty. And then he was kind of caught off guard by the travel schedule that the the world champion had to do at the time. And so it was like a month and a half later, he dropped it to um, Harley Race. Of course, Harley right. Race, you know, but this time he knew the schedule. And then Flair beat Harley Race um, for the title because when he said, okay, I'm ready, you know, the, the travel schedule, because as soon as you hit, you cut that belt, I mean, you were, Within a couple of days, you were on a plane. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you were going to run the yep. country and the world defending the belt. And so they give it back to him. Now, his next reign lasted a while. Then he dropped it to Kerry Von Erich as a favor for 18 days, got it back, and then he held it for another long period, dropped it to Dusty, very short time, got it back. You know, And so his his reigns were long, especially compared to 
with Roman being an exception, but there for a while during the Attitude Era, when they were just, they were hot potato in the title, uh, left and right, left and right, left and right. Everybody just about was a world champion then at some point. Then I would make this argument because Charlotte Flair also came up at a time where the women's revolution was thriving and you needed to highlight a lot of other females. So you couldn't hold, you couldn't be stingy and just hold that title for yourself for three, four years when you needed to promote and and like help build up people like Sasha Banks and, you know, Becky Lynch. And, you know, when Ronda Rousey came to the WWE, you had to kind of make her, you know, give her that element of, Hey, all right, she can, you know, sort of wrestle. Therefore, you know, let her beat Charlotte Flair because she is still that, you know, pedestal to the women's revolution over the last 10 years, you know? So I see why, you know, Charlotte Flair has dropped it, but she's dropped it for the purpose of giving other female athletes the opportunity to rise up to the top of the chain. Because if it wasn't for her losing it, these females wouldn't be nothing compared to her still. Oh, Trevor, I get that. Um, But if you're beating somebody who everybody's beaten, yeah, what have you accomplished? That's you know, true. Um, but I mentioned I, Roman Reigns because then you have Roman Reigns now and Jay Uso. Yeah, he's the next one. Um, even though that will probably be the main event, but I mean, we'll go ahead and discuss it. Um, and I do like Dwaylen's prediction. He said Roman beats Jay, but Solo sides with Jay. So after the match, either Solo Sokoa walks out and Roman Reigns finds a way to win, or Solo Sokoa then attacks Roman Reigns after the match. Right, which would honestly make sense because Solo Sokoa and Jey Uso are brothers. They Mm -hmm. are brothers, and and everybody knows they are brothers. Do we know the status of Jimmy Uso and his health? Is he going to be there? I've just heard he's injured. I don't know the extent of it. Is that all a work? I don't think it's a work. I think he actually is injured. Um, And just like Kevin Owens is injured. Mm -hmm. You notice they're not really mentioning because he's still showing up. Well, because maybe some of those injuries are not as significant where you need a lot of like a segment, you know, time off. Giving Jimmy the what what's been three weeks now since he got hurt, you know, since they brutally attacked him, maybe three weeks can push him back into the picture for one night and then give him, you know, more weeks to come. A crazy scenario thought I've been hearing of last couple of weeks was Jimmy returns and turns on Jay. Now, I, I know that's kind of hard to see because they've been such a tag team duo for the last, you know, their, their entire career, but. You know, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns has been putting it back and forth between Jimmy and Jay over the last several months, right? Blaming each other for their losses and their failures. So couldn't, I mean, we could also potentially see Jimmy cost Jay the title, maybe set up a little, you know, brother versus brother feud down the road. I mean, hypothetically, I mean, could you see that happening? could be uh i think with the bloodline and this is by the way this has been one of those stories that has actually brought people back to watching wrestling mm-hmm. you know it's because it has been one of the most captivating things because when you're talking about the bloodline you're talking about the tribal chief that is actually a real thing 
That's not something that they did created just for wrestling. No, that is a real thing. And so they're bringing, now I don't know if Roman Reigns is the tribal chief, you know, for real, you know, or I should say, you know, um, Joe on Hawaii. I, I don't know, think so, but maybe storyline purposes, maybe also storyline purposes group. They could, right. could be. Um, I think it's on its downslide. You know, it, it's on the downside of the mountain. You know, um, I don't think it's going to rise up to the levels that that it was. Uh, but I mean, it's still going. But I don't think it'll be around too much longer because it is about time for. Uh, for the see, participants. It's time for Roman to take a break. It, it's not. It's time for Roman to focus on other opponents because his okay. opponents over the past few months have all been either his cousin or they've been, yeah. um, you know, Sami Zayn, who was part of the blood. It's all been centered still around. Re- realistically, the though, who I mean, we talk about the ceiling top. What? Who else is in the roster that's maybe that's worthy enough that has not gone through Roman Reigns quite yet? Uh, the only other person I can think of right now, he would have to switch brands is Seth Rollins, but, and they, but he's they already had, gone through. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, they've had, they have history, uh, bringing Brock back. People will, no. they'll, they'll stop watching because yeah. like we've seen this before. We've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. We We're talk about that. That's the conversation of who dethrones Roman because that's the ultimate, you know, scenario. I mean, he could even continue the reign without the bloodline in his corner. It could just be him and, you know, Paul and Paul Hammond. Hammond. But, you know, we, t- and we, you know, you talk about, you know, hey, Dwayne Johnson could get involved. You could talk about Braun, you know, Braun Breaker could be a future opponent. Um, here's also what I'm also thinking, and I like your guys' idea where Solo sides with Jay. Solo is a tremendous, tremendous athlete. We can agree on that. I think he mm-hmm. has fast potential. I think at some point, depending how they build him, he could even become world champion at some point, probably. But, I feel like until he has his singles career actually going on his own, he's going to be held back and restrained because of the bloodline. Now, with that being said, if Solo sides with Jay and turns on Roman, could we see a Roman and Solo one-on-one match? And that would, and if that's the case, maybe Survivor Series, like I said, down the road, hopefully a a five-star match at least if those two get in the ring. Roman and Solo, maybe Solo... I know he he did some wrestling on the indies, but as far as like his experience, I don't think he's necessarily ready to have these the main event match, especially at one of the their uh, top five uh, PLEs. But you have to also then blame WWE and creative team in this bloodline for that because he ever since he's been called up, he's been sidelined to Roman Reigns' aid. He hasn't been able to go out there and contend and compete with guys like Gunther and Drew and, you know, Santos Escobar. And he, he hasn't been able to have a singles career because of the bloodlines, you know, family business. The, the person who could realistically challenge Roman, I think, and he has his own faction to back him up is Sheamus. Sheamus could, and Sheamus has beat him before, you know, so that could actually, and they could actually bring him as far as a feud. I'm not saying Sheamus should win the title, but I'm saying that's another one of the past tribulations that Roman had to, 
uh, deal with because Sheamus cashed in his own money in the bank and beat Roman for the title. So Roman, you know, now, you know, he may be taking out um, his people before. They're not going to put him against Gunther right now. Gunther is another heel. Gunther is the Intercontinental Champion, and they're trying to stretch that reign out to beat the Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man's record, thank God, because that's a record that never should have happened. Right. I'm not a fan of the Honky Tonk Man. I'll be honest with you. I've never, never been a How fan of the Honky Tonk Man. How close is he to the Honky Tonk Man? Um, he's, he's pretty close now. Uh, All see. I'm trying to say is, is that if, if you keep the, the, I think you keep the dethroning of Roman Reigns' title within the family, in my opinion. If you're going to get, take the title off of him, you know, coming up shortly. Like I said, this title reign could last long before, long after, you know, the bloodlines, you know, demolishment, right? But, I, even if Solo loses, I think it's a good stepping stone for the beginning, official beginning of Solo's single run in the WWE, where then then he can come back down and go through guys like Sheamus and, you know, Drew and maybe, you know what I'm saying, Finn right. in that case. So, but you got to start somewhere because, I mean, he. I, I look at him and I see, gosh, he has something that I just love watching about Solo. You know, he captivates my eyes when I when he's on the screen. And he's not a man of many words. I mean good I mean, I I would even I would even be okay if Solo did hold, you know, dethrone Roman and hold that title. I know those this is a bold prediction, but you know, I'm I'm op- I'm open for it. And here's the thing: you're you're yeah you're on the downcline of this story of the bloodline, right? right? I mean, they're they're not going to be able to, to get it back up to the levels it was. But before. you're also trying to just. I've heard this from Paul Heyman. Just as slow and methodical as you built the storyline of the bloodline to their reign and success, should be the same time that they you know take your time building it back down. Okay, I mean, there's still so much that you can tell in this feud and this family on the way back down, right? With the feuds, it doesn't just stop with the Usos going after Roman. It's solo finding a way solo Sokoa could get his piece of the pie as well. And highlighting what he's done over the last several months as well, because he's, he's been a back in contributing factor of their success and their downfall. By the way, um, Gunther, he's, he's sitting at 417 days as champion. Honky yeah. Tonk Man's reign was 454 days. So he is 37 days away from tying Honky Tonk Man, 38 days away from uh, surpassing oh, him. Um, and I want Drew to win so bad at this SummerSlam here. Um, and by the way, yeah, he's already passed. Um, he just passed Macho Man three days ago. So... So yeah, he is the. Uh, let me double check. No, he's not the second longest running yet because Pedro Morales. He actually had it for four hundred and twenty-four days. Uh, so he's, he's almost getting. Yeah, he's coming up on that. Um, and this is actually something they should have done a long time ago. I'm very surprised they haven't because the only reason Honky Tonk Man even held it as long as what he did was because of Hulk Hogan politics. Um, mm-hmm. because he was Honky Tonk Man and, and Hogan were good friends. And Honky Tonk Man, they they're going they were going to get the title off a of steamboat, 
Steamboat, who had just had one of the most phenomenal matches in wrestling history, not just WrestleMania history, just in wrestling history, him and Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Belt. And, you know, in fact, Sav- you know, he's the one who ended Savage's reign, you know, that long, long 410-day reign, right, or 414-day reign. But then Ricky Steamboat, you know, his wife had just had a baby. He wanted to take a little bit of time off to spend with his family. And Vince doesn't believe in that at all, ever. And so they're like, okay, we're going to get the title off of him. They were not going to put it back on Savage because they wanted Savage to have, you know, he was going to have his run at um, the world title, you know. And and so that was actually a long-term storytelling. Well, Steamboat was going to drop it to Butch Reed. This is the way the story goes. Butch Reed no-showed. And they were like, well, he's going to be dropping it tonight. You know, who's going to give it to? And Honky Tonk Man just happens to walk by and Hogan says, what about him? And so that's when they got it put on Honky Tonk Man. And so then you got to weigh yourself he, now. And then he refused. He refused to give it up because, and he was Hogan's oh. uh, buddy. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, Ted DiBiase actually was going to um, possibly take it from him, but. Once again, yep. they were playing politics. That's why they created the million dollar belt. But hmm. anyway, but yeah, back to summer. So I, <laughs> is it is it worth what do you weigh in means? Because we still are uncertain about the future of Drew McIntyre. And I think right now you set up pretty well. Sure. Well, I mean, I hope that he stays in. I would hate to see him go somewhere else and after his contract ends. And I don't know the logist, you know, the lot, you know, the logistics of his futures with the wwe but he's on this nice run everyone he's a fan favorite like he's getting over more than seth well i want to say more than seth rollins but i feel like there people are excited for him to come back and have this singles match with gunther for the ic title that is it worth all right is it streak or is it what fans want and vince mcmahon goes for streak but i mean it goes for fans well, let's go ahead and jump up to that match. I mean, we'll skip over one of the other matches real quick. Gunther and Drew McIntyre, Intercontinental title. Gunther's going to have his two minions there. You know, Ludwig and um, Giovanni. Giovanni and Ludwig, right? Yep. Ludwig, whatever however you say it. Lu- Ludwig. Oh. Ludwig. Um, so Ludwig, I thought that was a W. Yeah, but it's the German pronunciation. Ah, okay. Ludwig. I'm calling Kaiser, and <laughs> the the weird the, the the names that you cannot pronounce as out of all names you bring up to the WWE, they cannot pronounce them. No, I've seen worse, but, um, Wait, is, but it Mu- is it Mustafa or Mus- Mustafa? It depends on you know who you're talking to where they want to put the accent. Well, but five years ago it was Mustafa, now it's Mustafa. Mustafa. <laughs> anyway, well, sorry. Either way, Gunther and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental title. I now, first of all, this match is going to be brutal. Gunther yeah. is always brutal. Drew McIntyre is always brutal. You add the two together, and it's going to be massive brutality. I think it's going to be hard-hitting. I think it's going to be a good match because both these guys, not only do they hit hard, they can actually wrestle, like with yeah. real wrestling moves. Um, And... I think Drew McIntyre is going to walk out. It will either he's not going to walk out with the title, but mm-hmm. 
but it's going to be because of interference from Gunther's um, two guys there, you know, or Gunther is going to get disqualified because also because of the two guys. And they may even go do this thing where the referee says, you out of here. And he throws the two guys out and so everybody think, Oh, you know, now Drew McIntyre is going to win it. Gunther's going to win it, but it's not going to be a clean victory. There's going to be some kind right. of underhandedness because this is their first match that I'm aware of. I mean, I could just one-on-one, just one-on-one, on one. right. Yeah. One-on-one for the title. This is their first match. And right now everybody is pulling for Gunther you know, to pass up Honky Tonk Man. Okay. Because okay. Honky Tonk Man was a, a dumpster fire that never even should have had. They're the trying to erase WWE history, so they want him to pass up. But I do feel like there's a good amount of people that want Drew to win. We'll have some Drew fans. Well, if they they pull this where, okay, Gunther, yeah, you may have won. However, your boys helped you win due mm-hmm. to interference. And, and Gunther is one of those... I, I couldn't tell you Gunther's actual finishing move because every time you see him win, it's with something different. Yeah. So that actually adds that kind of aspect where um, you don't know how he's going to win anyway. And so he could hit that power bomb or then he, I mean, he's already mm-hmm. got the shoulders down. And so he just kind of leans on him, you know, and then he's got some other moves. He's got some mission moves. I mean, he, yeah. so he is a legit, legit wrestler and he's a very believable. So if he beats, if he would beat Drew McIntyre clean, it would actually still be believable. Okay, and let me, so let me yeah, say this uh, before we get dis- uh, di- uh, distracted. Dwayland did mention that Gunther was going to beat Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I can see because lately Giovanni has not been holding up his end of the bargain when it comes down to this fraction, and they kind of been showing it how they've been having some distreet, you know, going on the last couple weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And so it could there be a possibility where something happens where either Giovanni or Kaiser accidentally or Giovanni accidentally maybe hits or, you know, attacks Gunther outside the ring or something like that? Not at this pay-per-view. Not at this pay-per-view. It's not ready for that yet. It's getting there. Oh, what is the next pay-per-view? September, it's like not Starcade, it's um super something. No, okay, not payback. Hold on, people. Because payback is the NXT th- Oh no, it is payback. Oh, is it? It's it's payback. Yep. Oh, okay. Now, my, my mistake. Yep, payback, uh September second. Okay. In Pittsburgh. And of course, I mean no matches have been announced yet because we're not done with the matches here. Okay. Um I said thirty seven days. So it he will not have um, no, not yet. gone through. Yeah, he will not have passed Honky Tonk Man yet. I guess you wonder. All right, so what's coming? Is there any? I know they have another Saudi Arabia trip at the end of the month. No, not at the end of the month. year. Uh, I think it's in November. You're not going to want to. You're not going to want to travel to Saudi Arabia this time not, of year anyway. You well, I mean, do you see them dropping the Intercontinental Championship in a different country? It's intercontinental. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe yeah, it something be coming up. Time. I could see them doing that. Yeah. Maybe I mean, build back. Maybe build Drew back up over the next few months until they get well, to another. I, I think that's what they're doing anyway. Because I mean, Drew was gone for three months, and I mean, I know, yeah, there was some contract stuff going on, but I mean, he was, 
he was kind of resting up his body, letting little nagging injuries kind of heal up. But I then mean, I, still, I still think the biggest question is, is that if you put the title on him, what's his contract future? What's his future status with the WWE? Uh, maybe that's one of the things they're still waiting on. I mean, he may. Maybe I, that's I, why the yeah. I seriously doubt he goes without a contract. They they are not going to put the title on him without a contract because exactly. they they've made that mistake in the past. And one, I'm going to go put the title on him in November and then have him drop it like two months later. Right. I mean, and Drew McIntyre, like you said, I mean, he is extremely popular. I mean, I like him. He's one of my favorites. But I don't think the time is right to put the Intercontinental title. I don't. Well, it's okay. I don't think the time is right for Gunther to lose. Absolutely. If okay. if they let Gunther go this long, this close, and and, Gu- and Gunther is over. Yeah, I mean they may people may be booing him because he's a bad guy, but they but he's over that way. But he's over. He they appreciate. Oh yeah, and he's been getting over. He was being cheered in the Royal Rumble, even though he didn't win it. And this is one of the cases where Joel and I we've actually said this about other wrestlers. Um. Cody may have, you know, in the Royal Rumble this past one, Cody may have went over, but Gunther got over. Yeah. yeah the only reason really I don't like, over. only reason I don't like Gunther, or the only problem I have with Gunther is that coming up to WrestleMania, he was a fighting fatigue, per, you know, he was a fighting person up until he realized that he had to face both Drew and Sheamus. And then he started backing out of fights or making excuses. Well, prior to that, he was making no well, excuses, and now he does that a little bit, and that's it bothers cause, me. It's because you got to be a chicken something heel. Oh, to be a heel, uh, you know, one you he was really... able to do it without it, though. Like that was my thing. Well, like, I didn't like him. He was a heel to me, and I knew he was a heel. And he got over, and he was not backing down. He's like, I was going to go in and you know demolish you and. You know, shred, you know, tear you to shreds inside the ring, and guess what? You there is not a single thing you're going to do about it, and that's what I didn't I like, but I didn't like about him as a heel. And then he started backing if, out. If you have somebody, okay, because you have somebody because Guthrie, I mean, he's a tall dude. He's not strappingly big. I mean, he's not. You know, I mean, he's he doesn't have hardly any body fat on him. I mean, you just take one look at him and tell, yeah, he I mean, he definitely oh, yeah. he's lean. But you put him against both drew and Seamus at the same time two guys who are known for like basically street fights every match yeah if you have him charge into them being the smaller of the three but just charging in head first saying i'm not scared he's no longer a heel now he's an underdog babyface, and that's another reason you good you have to have him back off and beg off like no 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 nope not going to do it because that gets that nice heel heat going and but you but you know he can go one on one with these guys, oh, and he will. And yeah, you know we SummerSlam has a little bit of everything because we have two. I say Goliaths, Drew, Gunther, Drew, mm-hmm. fight hard. You're going to battle. Well, we also have and, I, two and this, smaller guys in Ricochet and Logan Paul that are now we are going to have a more of a high flying acrobatic match expected. You know, coming up here at SummerSlam this Saturday. I I like what Jalen said. This is a case where we definitely say difference between could and or will and should. Yeah. Um, should go over is Ricochet. Yeah. Probably will go over is Logan Paul because for whatever reason, Vince is high on Logan Paul or there. And I, don't get me wrong. Okay. Logan Paul, he has put in the work. Mm-hmm. Logan Paul has surprised everybody. 
you know, um, he actually, I, I would say, kind of probably surpassed Bad Bunny because when Bad Bunny first started, we're like, oh, my Lord, are you serious? Who's this guy? I thought it was Bad Bunny that would continue. Like, Yeah, and then, you know, but, of course, Bad Bunny came in, and you could tell, oh, okay, he's done his homework. He's not coming in making everything look stupid. But Logan Paul, people had less respect for him because of who his brother is and because, I mean, they they act like complete idiots and because of all, because they're like, he's Internet famous. He's not done anything. And then the bell rang his first match and everybody went, Oh, okay. He's definitely done his homework. And then you have interviews with him and you find out that he's actually a huge wrestling fan. And he wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure he, he got it that when you bring in non wrestlers and you have them go over actual wrestlers, it hurts the business. He didn't want that. He wanted to have a good match, but he did not want to go over necessarily yet. And even when he got elevated to that title match against Roman over in Saudi Arabia. And that match was one of the best matches all year for the company. And he wrestled some of that hurt. They actually showed Mm -hmm. during the match when he hurt himself, he kept going. So Logan Paul actually earned the respect of people, but right now they need to decide, are you going to have him full time or not? I don't think so. It's not worth it. Right. And having him go over Ricochet, you know, Ricochet, he's another one. He's got the opposite. They keep burying Ricochet and burying yeah. him. But eventually. When was the last to... time you saw Ricochet on a PLE? Um, other than a, a other than Other, other than, than any, yeah, like a Battle like Royale. Uh, in a featured match, it's been a while. and uh, Probably over a year. So, like, this is, like, this is where, for me, it's kind of hard not to see Logan go over on this one, you know, in, in the victory because – you know, but, yeah, great. They've done some great magic at the Rumble, but I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, well, then you got to think quiet. And this is actually something that Dwayne and I also talk about. WWE is part of their creative, part of their their writers. You know, uh, even though they should be bookers, they should be actually wrestlers making these these stories instead of writers. Right. By the way, maybe the writer strike happening maybe a good thing for WWE. <laughs> I'm just saying, but because then you'll have actually wrestlers doing this instead of quote unquote writers. Um they they don't think about the the then what. Okay. Yeah. Logan Paul wins. Okay. Then what? Then what happens? Well I mean you could say the same thing for the other side. Ricochet wins. Regardless of a win or a loss, guess what? M- to, uh, Monday night he's going right back down as a jobber. I'm sorry to but, say but it, I but... mean but you'll have other wrestlers waiting for that Logan Paul, yeah, Logan Paul brings, you know, he brings a lot of press. He brings a lot of attention to the product. And because, I mean, he is, he's a lot better than what he should be mm-hmm. because he's not a traditional wrestler, but he's put in the work. So bringing him in, yeah, you're going to get a good match. In fact, they've even said this match is going to be a high flyer match because well, yeah. I think he was to want, steal the show. He may have actually requested Ricochet just for that. Because oh, yeah. it's going to be, you know, a match. It's going to be, hey, we're this match is going to be called, hey, the floor is lava. Let's make sure we don't touch the yeah. mat at all because it's going to be up in the air. It's going to be above the ropes, and and although I do have a feeling somebody's going to get hurt in this match because oh, yes. both these guys have gotten hurt, yeah, during this movie. Because oh, they they're, almost they're, got hurt at the money in the bank. I mean, that was, was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm waiting for a botch move. I just hope that these two make it through the match safe, at least, you know, 
I mean, nothing no non-noticeable. The only thing I will say is that I feel like Logan Paul has a little bit more writing on this match in the sense that he's called his shot. He wants Ricochet. He's picked Ricochet out of the, the lineup card. And when you also... He Logan Logan Paul just got done wrestling Seth Rollins after the social media battling, you know, that they had not too long ago. Right. Right. I mean, so it wouldn't just for me not make sense not to put Logan Paul over in this match after you just got done wrestling a top tier caliber. Because unfortunately, Seth Rollins is up here. Ricochet is down here on the totem pole. And that's just how WWE's built it. So it's nothing personal, but. I mean, I would like to see Ricochet win, like you said, but I feel like Logan Paul. I mean, I we hey Ricochet should, could pull up some amazing things, and this is the only match the match on the card that I could see go either way. To be honest, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching that match. The one one match I'm really well, I'm kind of looking forward to, but not really. Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler. Yes. Ronda's on her way out. Everybody knows yep. it, and I think this this will be done after this because that was a to me it was kind of a failed experiment. It started out good, but unfortunately it caught a lot of backlash. A lot, a lot of that was from the other wrestlers who like uh, Alexa Bliss referred to her as the overhyped rookie during a promo. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that was a lot of that promo was real because at the time yeah. Ronda Rousey wasn't uh, she was a rookie in the mm-hmm. wrestling business and she was being very overhyped. Um, her style, I don't think she, I've noticed there, there has been changes since she came back this time that, you know, but her style was still more or less an MMA. It was not a professional wrestling where, okay, yeah, you may work on a body part, but you work with the exception of Mexico. You always work what they say from the right, or you always work on the left side of the body. Mexico, they always work on the right side of the body. That's just how it is. You just have to know that. But but if you notice was Rhonda, she was just grabbing whatever. And and then her moves looked kind of sloppy. Um, they probably hurt like I'll get out, but I mean, but they looked sloppy. Right. And then when she started getting booed, she didn't know how to handle it because she had never been booed before. Mm-hmm. And they were she was getting booed very loudly. And so that's when she decided to step away. Now she stepped away, you know, for personal reasons. You know, she and her husband, they've been trying to have a baby and they did. They had a child, yeah. Yeah, they had a child, came back, you know. Um and I think it's one of those scenarios where, hey, I come I just want to say I came back. I mean, we knew this run wasn't gonna it was in and out for quite some time. I will give her credit for what she's been able to how she's been able to hold herself. I know it hasn't been clean and it hasn't been perfect. But sometimes when you're so pro, I mean, she grew up in the octagon, right? Yeah. She and so sometimes you, you you try to break some old habits, and it just doesn't necessarily work. But I mean, this is I would also you can't go without mentioning this is a, is a MMA fight. This isn't a wrestling match on Saturday. It's Shayna yeah, versus Ronda MMA. MMA. Where, where both for two females have made their, started their careers off in, and this is coming in a complete circle because I was waiting for this match to happen. And I think, I think a lot of people were too, because we knew the history for, for these two women. And so you go back down to your roots, you finish off strong. 
I wouldn't say it was a disappointing run for Ronda. I did notice that the last, especially when she tagged, I don't feel like she really understood the whole tag team part. Um, I did did wish that they kind of utilize. I mean, although she had her injury um, back at Wrestle, you know, towards WrestleMania season, I did wish that they held that title and defended it a little bit more because they could have been. I was excited to see a more of a dominant tag team, women tag team, and I could have. I thought it could have helped to raise the women's tag team division. But I mean, we got what we got, and I can't say we were let down, but it wasn't the greatest. I just think this match should have been held. A long time ago, because Rhonda coming in, of course, everybody knows, you know, she's one of the most famous MMA people around, period. You know, one of the most famous. And then you have Shayna Baszler, who, I mean, Shayna Baszler, you just look at her and you think, oh, yeah, I'm not messing around with that. But the WWE has also brought her down back down to reality very quickly ever since coming up to the main roster. She was a unstoppable, unstoppable person. Sorry if I'm butchering words right now. But, yeah, you are. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I you're right. This should have happened a long time ago, back when they were both on fire. And I, I would say early on in in Ronda's uh, WWE run. But but I mean, I say I, I say uh, Shayna needs to win this one. I feel only makes Shana sense. Does, she's moving forward. She's moving forward. Ronda is leaving. Um. You know, Dwaylon said, you know, Shayna should win, but he said, I'm sure they'll book Ronda to win. If Ronda wins, there's a hint. For me, I say that there's a hint of her coming back. I mean, hey, you could always have her come back and win another match. But I think in this purpose, especially knowing, and here's the problem with this feud. It happened. This has happened so quickly. And I feel like they could have worked on it and told some backstory. And they haven't really told a lot of backstory on the original reason why they kind of have beef with each other, how they used to be good friends back in MMA, back in the training session. You know, I wish the WWE could have told that. And this is kind of Um, also... I think because they had Shayna, she turned on Ronda back at Money in the Bank. Or was it Money in the Bank or whichever the last... Money in the Bank. Yeah, Money in the Bank. And if you did that one, that one caught me off guard. And then when they showed the replay, I realized the reason why Shayna got mad because Shayna was handling stuff in the ring and then Rhonda tagged herself in and said, okay, right. I'll take it. You know, and that could be, you know, she took it as an insult. But that was the first time I've seen that. I haven't like normally you don't, you don't see provokes. that it happen after a while. You don't see it happen very often. I have seen it happen before. Uh, like when Jericho, when he was the mystery partner for, um, for Roman Reigns and, yeah. um, Dean mock or Dean Moxley, Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. um, he was their mystery partner, but then he tagged himself in and ended up losing yeah. a match. And then they almost had a blow up afterwards. It didn't really go anywhere, but I mean, but I have seen it this right here, you know, where the tag team champion, she tagged herself in, but there was nothing that really, like you said, that really led up to that before that. And now they're saying, Oh, well, they were friends back then. And now and you so should have took some time to tell that story though. But I think they were given such a short time because they probably found out Rhonda was going to be leaving Rather the surely. other issue I think also happened is that Rhonda was is still hurt. I don't think she's fully recovered. I think she's been hurt when they put the titles on her, and they're like, "All right, it's either we go through it or we don't." And I think they right. rushed it. You know, they put the titles on her when she was hurt. They that's why they really didn't defend it much. And then they go defend her this one time at a PLE, and they lose it. 
to set up this feud. And that's why it's been so I feel like this entire storyline has been botched because of maybe injuries and the time consuming. That right. They- and, and like you said, they rushed it, you know, and so that's why it's not coming across as good as what you, you throw these two in a legitimate. And so that's the thing. It's MMA roles. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's still predetermined as far as we know. That's, that's you true. know, so. If not, these two women could honestly annihilate each other. And, you know, if it was not predetermined. The one thing I do want to point out is that if we this is the first thing that the WWE is really highlighting MMA. okay, quotation MMA since WWE has been sold to endeavors. Yes. So I want to make just point that out there to everyone that endeavors, you know, the company where UFC is called TKO, where WWE and UFC combined, which is, you know. MMA stuff, you know, this is the first time we're actually seeing WWE highlight it since their merge. Uh, either way, I mean, this is the match, though, to be honest with you, I'm probably looking forward to the least. Oh, um, really? okay. Well, okay, and that's honestly, if it was, if it was a match just on its own, yeah, yeah. this is going to be put it up against every other match that's on the card. I'll make this, it this is, statement. I feel like this is another Ricochet and Logan Paul scary scenario where you there's so much room for botches, so much room for someone to get hurt legitimately because, like I said, MMA rules. Ronda's also I – I don't know if she would say she's careless in the ring, but she does toss her opponents like ragdolls. She does. She's, because, I mean, she didn't grow – well, like you said, she grew up in MMA where you're tossing somebody for real. You're not – Cared about their safety. You're actually trying right. to literally beat them. So I'm up. a bit worried for the safety of these two athletes, and especially when she gets tossed, she does. She just gets. She doesn't know. How, I mean, she's shown since MMA, she doesn't really protect herself. Also, right. so there's just a lot of room for someone well, to get legitimately I mean, that, that, hurt. That's kind of like what got her beaten in MMA to begin with, is because right. she was used to be throwing the punches, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. Holly Holmes started throwing them back. She opened. She opened and up herself and she up. let them in. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Last match and because battle we, royal. we yeah, the battle royal. Uh right now I just looked and Dwayne has LA Knight. LA Knight. Uh, Dwayne also said Shayna. I don't know if we've got that already. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said yeah. Shayna should. Rhonda probably will. <clears throat> but hey, so you got Shayna or Rhonda? Uh I'm actually gonna go with Shayna on this one. Just I'm going because, Shana also. Yeah. Yep. Um just because it's a matter of the Denway. Although I do agree with what Dwayne was saying, they'll probably put Ronda over just because. That's a Vince McMahon booking. But but then again, Ronda's leaving, so you need to go out on your back. So, but yeah, the battle but royal. If the, she loses, she has an opportunity. I know she'll get another opportunity if you want at some point down the road point, to have a um, redemption match, which I'm fine with. We'll have to see. I mean, we'll see either that or you know what, have Holly Holm come stand by the ringside. Um. <laughs> But by the way, this battle royal is sponsored by Slim Jim. Oh, Slim it's been Jim a long time royal. since I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, remember, Slim I remember, Jim. I remember Slim Jims and Slurpee Seven Eleven. They had they used <laughs> to have those hologram cups of yep. wrestlers back in the day. Seven Eleven Slurpees. You bought one, you get like the Triple H, the Undertaker, the you know, for well, years. And I'm like, gosh. Well, this is a 20 man battle royal. So far, the confirmed participants: LA Knight, who Dwayne predicts to win. Uh, Seamus, Tomasa Champa, Shinsuke Nakamura, Otis, and Chad Gable. So one, two, three, four, five, six confirmed so far. We're still <laughs> waiting for 14 more 
names to be added. Now, have- for the younger generation, I want to mention, it's been a while since we've seen a Battle Royal at SummerSlam. I don't even think we ever. Have we ever? I mean, was it I'm pretty some, sure tradition there had, at I'm, SummerSlam? Uh, no, it, it's been added as a tradition at WrestleMania now. Yeah. Because the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Right. I'm sure they've had, uh, you know, and this is something I'll look up after. Oh, we got done recording because it's not time to look it up now. I'm sure they've had battle royals. I just don't remember it. Uh, it was but, a tradition at one of these one of these four major PLEs that there was a battle royal. Now, obviously, Royal Rumble is is not there. That's its own, yeah. WrestleMania, no, it wasn't at the time. I want to say it was SummerSlam where back in the 90s, they it was tradition for a couple of years where they would have just a general battle royal. Well, out of all these names, out of the six names that are listed so far, yes, yeah. L.A. Knight, uh, uh, he's obviously the person who should win this one. And if they, you're asking the question earlier about Vince and Triple H, difference between the two of them. Triple H listens to the fans, right? Triple H grew up a fan of wrestling. He wanted to be a wrestler. Vince McMahon did not. Vince McMahon. You know, he basically, he still looks at, at WWE as like his own toy. Like, right. it's mine. I don't care what you, because you're going to pay to buy a ticket anyway. I know that because you keep buying tickets. So I'm going to do what I want. And then the people stop buying tickets because the baseball owner, right? I mean, that's, uh, how, in a way, is, yeah. that's how the Castellini's looked last year. They, when they came out and said, Hey, we don't care if you like our, you talking about the, red, or not. the Reds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went out there and said uh, the home opener of last season. They said, "Hey, listen, we're gonna. You're still gonna buy the tickets and come just watch and support the Reds because you're you and live guess in this what? Area. Guess they what? Did. No, they and the people did not well, buy tickets. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But they're still here. That's but the problem. We still, still watch them. Man. Uh they might watch them TV, but last year their and that were definitely going up. Yeah, their their attendance was yeah, it was abysmal. You know, L.A. Night missed an opportunity at Money in the Bank in that ladder match. And some people say that he should have won. He's at the point where it's either now or never. You get he, over now. He's win, extremely or, popular. Yeah. Um, I don't know what other than saying, hey, I won this battle royal at SummerSlam. What does it do to you? What does it do for you? You know, the, the Andre the Giant, you know, the Andre the Giant battle royal, you can say, oh, okay, I was an Andre the Giant Memorial battle royal winner. Well, I mean, that and a, uh, you know, that and about a, a buck fifty, I get you a cup of coffee. Yeah. And the same thing with this one. I mean, kind of even less, but it will get, it'll, it will still get you noticed. Yeah. Um, and it'll probably placate LA Knight for a little bit because he is extremely yeah. popular. People love LA Knight. And it was actually something that happened organically. It was not something that they thought of back in, you know, the writers didn't say, Hey, let's, let's, let's take this guy from, uh, from Hagersville, Maryland and make him, yeah. you know, LA Knight and let's make him a, this big star. I mean, it was something he came in, people liked him and it's happened well, organically. He also carried, I mean, and that's the other thing, he carried it over from Impact, you know, in the TNA days. Right. So, and that, that's one of the things also, Triple H recognizes, look, there's other yeah. companies that, that are, that have good wrestlers. Vince does not want to acknowledge any other company until it's brought to his attention in a lawsuit. I mean, that's how you today, unfortunately, that's you have to start acknowledging like, okay, AEW is there. You cannot go any longer without acknowledging that AEW is 
a wrestling authentic wrestling company that it, it may not be as big as WWE, but they are there still trying to develop and you know give chances they're, to talent. They're running that's not in, WWE. They're running into their own issues lately, and if they oh, yeah. if they don't get it cleaned up, they're going to end up like the way WCW did because they're starting yeah. to repeat the same mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but AEW, and this is actually something else we've said a, a few times on the show. AEW was created. And they started as the number two company. They leaped over Impact, ROH. Um, the only reason why is because television deals. They have TBS. It, they have TNT. Well, they could actually publicly be known for. That's the problem. Impact Wrestling, unfortunately, that you could find them on Access TV. But do you have Access TV? I have. I mean, I don't have Access TV. A lot of people don't have right, Access you don't, TV. If you don't have it, you can't watch it. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, they also, they brought in some pretty heavy, you know, heavy hitting names to Jericho. Bret Hart was actually at the first, uh, the first, like, pay-per-view, remember? And he showed up there, like, what, a week after uh, the Hart Foundation was inducted to to WWE Hall of Fame? All of a sudden, he's showing up at this other event, it's like... Okay, I guess you know Bret Hart still isn't over, you know, Montreal, but everybody knows Bret Hart, um, and unfortunately, I mean, he, with... All his statements, I mean, it seems like he's become very, very bitter, which is a shame yeah. because Bret Hart is it was amazing in the ring, and he was one of the best performers ever, in my my opinion. But with this right here, you know, with LA Knight winning, and I agree with the names right here, you know, I can't see any of these. He's the only over. one that makes He's the, the only, only thing one that's that disappointment sense. is I feel like this battle royal has just been thrown in, hasn't really been promoted to or get, advertised. To give, people a, a, to give people a chance to have a match, to get to be right. seen. You know, this is, this is when your Austin theory is going to show up. This is when the new day is going to show up. This is, you know, um, it might, I, Sami Zayn, uh, you'd be wasting Sami Zayn. This this would probably be where Riddle shows up. I mean, this is, you know, your lower tier guys in a lot of cases. Now, Matt Riddle's not a lower tier guy, but. This is the hottest event of the summer, I still presume, honestly, for yeah, it is. professional they, wrestling. Vince wanted to have a WrestleMania-type show in the summer. Now, it's never like risen it. to the levels of WrestleMania, and it but never will. Okay. But, uh, but if it says anything, they, the last few SummerSlams have been held in football stadiums. True. Yeah, they're growing. Yeah, the they're one gr- thing I do, I will say overall with SummerSlam, uh, simple eight match card. They didn't overstack this, which is nice. There, I know that there were well, some the, matches the, that the battle royal. The battle royal is going to last a while. Despite that, do. despite that, that could even be a kickoff show. To be honest, if you talk about that, but I felt like it was. It's very simple. They are getting straight to the point, and you know what? I'm okay with it because sometimes WWE could stack twelve matches at these you know major events like WrestleMania, and they've been doing a lot better shortening it. But you know, nice seven eight matches. Because it's going to keep you entertained, I say, for three, four hours, you know, and you have a little bit of everything for everybody. Some storytelling with the bloodline, uh, a feud, seven-year feud with, uh, you know, Finn and Seth, an MMA rule fight, which is, you know, for the first time is going to be interesting to watch. And then you have two Goliaths and two, you know, high flyers and, to steal the it, show. And if you look at it, I mean, you have an MMA-style match. But it's going to end up being kind of a wrestling match. You had the tribal combat, yeah, some battles, a triple threat. But you don't have like really hardcore gimmick matches. There's no cage matches on here. There's no hell in a cell. There's no uh, whatever on a pole. There's no um, falls count anywhere. Anything like that. 
which become a little bit too gimmicky there. I think they're trying to, they're kind of getting away from that because they used them That's so fine. much. They just weren't as special anymore. I mean, like you mentioned, you need to use them when the storyline is warranted for it and you can start using them again, but, I wouldn't necessarily need to use it. There's no match right now that's on that card that needs a special gimmick to get over. I mean, and MMA rule fight, people are going to look past that. It's going to be a one and done deal. It's not going to be a continuous thing. So don't expect anything out of it. So, but I mean, I'm actually excited for SummerSlam. I I mean, well, once I get to watch it, um, but (laughs) one thing before we leave, and it's actually, um, you know, I should have brought this up at the beginning of the episode, but if you remember at Clash in the Castle. Okay. And I was really hoping they would do this, and I was very happy that they did. They recognized a very legendary wrestler and his wife, who was also involved in the wrestling business. This was um, Exotic Adrian, uh, Adrian Street and his wife, okay. Miss Linda. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, he passed away last week. Oh. The news actually just came out. It came out after we were done recording uh, Monday. Wow. Okay. And he had actually passed away a week ago. Um, but if you go back and look at some of his stuff, you know, he he was Welsh. And that's actually why they recognize him, because, of course, Clash in the Castle was held in right. uh, Cardiff in Wales. And, you know, he grew up um, the son of a coal miner. He grew up in a coal mining family. And his character... He said it it started out because he was playing up. Yeah, he was a heel yeah. at the time, and he was wrestling in front of um, English crowds or British crowds, you know, uh, English, Welsh, um, perhaps uh, Scottish. But he was playing up something to them where they were calling him all sorts of you know, names. You probably couldn't get away with calling somebody now, you know, with very derogatory type names and he started playing up and he started acting very flamboyant. And so he just kept building on it and building on it right. and building on it. Um, Even though, you know, they're like, Oh, well, he's just kind of exotic. And that's why he started calling himself exotic Adrian street. If you yeah. look at a picture of him, you know, of course he's wearing bright lipstick. Yeah. He actually cut his hair. Yeah. Down. Okay. Yeah. It would be in two little pigtails. Yeah, you know, on top of his head, and he would kind of dance or frilly around. They feed and, it to you, you take it and yeah. run, right? And I he mean, and he went with it. And there's actually a picture of him standing in front of the coal mine with his dad. Yeah, you know, and the coal miners behind him, and he looks so out of place. Right. Um. And at one point, and this is actually something else. It's a dark spot in history, um, in England as far as like the entertainment industry. Jimmy Seville, who used to host all sorts of programs, it came out after he died that he was a a predator. Mm. Well, at one point, he decided he was going to become a little bit of a wrestler, too. Well, Adrian Street had heard about, you know, heard in the locker room him, Jimmy Seville bragging about underage girls. Right. Adrian Street beat the snot out of him for real in the ring. You know what he, yeah. And, I'm sorry, I just... Oh, yeah. I mean, as a father of a daughter, you have daughters. Oh, yes. Yeah, so... I don't care. Just a, just a human being itself. It's yeah. just... No. Yeah, and, you know, so Adrian Street, you know, beat the snot out of him for real in the ring, you know? Yeah. Um, And Adrian Street was one of the ones, you know, you'd, you'd always see a list of, like, the toughest, legit uh, yeah. fighters, you know? And you always saw like um ming also known as haku also known as mm-hmm. king tonga you know yep. he, he's usually the top of everybody's list 
uh, you see Harley Race. You see names like Dick Slater. Uh, and, of course, you see Andre. I mean, Andre, you know, Andre wasn't one to start fights because he got hey, tired of it. But let, let me also just say a few little fill-in. Back in those days, I'm talking about like the 80s, 70s, earlier, wrestling was still a little, I mean, was more realistic than what you saw now. Yeah, exactly. And back then also, if you were a heel and it didn't matter if you, you started the, the fight or not, if you lost the fight, they'd fire you. Some Certain companies would fire you. Bill Watts. Yeah. I think we, we spoke And they before. would actually go embarrass you and let the, let, let the baby, uh, let the face go, just take care of business and actually, you know, le- right. legitimately hit you and, you know, take you out. And after you get embarrassed in front of a crowd, one of probably one of the biggest crowds they would have, then they would just let you go. And then they would make a mediocrity of it too. Right. And Adrian Street always made people's lists of, by the way, Adrian Street, the guy you see coming in wearing like the boas and mm-hmm. he's got on the lipstick and the makeup. He's not somebody to mess around with. He will make right. you pay because he actually, he ran his own wrestling school down in the Pensacola area for years. They have, they actually moved back to Wales, uh, him and his, and his now wife, Miss Linda, they actually, they were together for decades. They did not get married though until like the mid two thousands. Oh, really? Maybe, okay. maybe even have been like the, yeah, like the, the 2010s. Um, I actually read the date the other day and, uh, because I remember when they got married, but you know, so I mean, but he was 82 and I mean, and we're talking though, he, he actually had feuds against Macho Man Randy Savage before he went to, at the time, WWF, right. he had feuds against some of these other big, against Dusty Rhodes, against some of these other ones. Um, but if you think about him, he was really one of the, he was an innovator because mm-hmm. he's like. Like you said, the crowd's going to give it to me. He's going to give right back. Just play into it. You know what? We, we're talking about guys. You could compare them maybe along the line of guys like Bobby Heenan, who also took it and run because sort of, I mean, I mean um, it, I'll just say, it, you know, go, go look up Adrian street, exotic yeah. Adrian street on YouTube. Uh, he actually made a music video. You know, he actually wrote the song and sang the song, but a music video. Imagine what I, he actually had, had an album out apparently also, but he, this song called Imagine What I Could Do to You. And you'll see some of the stuff he did. I mean, he would just, he really? plan, he'd plan a kiss on his uh, opponents in the ring. That was part like the of the lipstick thing. kiss where they, you know, well, hey. I mean, he was like, you know, it'll kind of like okay. what, what gold dust would do yeah. years later, you know, but okay. I just, you know, I just want to say, you so know, he the, took wrestling. I mean, and this is this is what I love about type of like characters like type of that way. Like, when you could take a character and run it like Goldust, he took it and ran with yeah, it. Exactly. Taker, he took it and ran with it. Um, and you don't see that often. Um, in today, I mean, even Joint the Clown, he took it and ran with well, it. Well, I'd be willing to bet, willing to bet that uh, Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, he actually patterned the the Goldust character after Adrian Street. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the wrestling world definitely lost. Uh, one of the great man. ones, one of the ones uh, you don't hear mentioned a lot, but when you look at his stuff, you go, man, that guy was, you know. Did he, he get good. a lot of backlash because the way that he presented himself? He didn't care. Well, I know no. he didn't care, but yeah. in, like in reality, though, um, was there Not that I'm aware that because or? he was still okay. getting promoted, and he, he actually, his um, biggest successes were not like in the northeast they were actually in down south places like alabama north carolina okay. places like that georgia a lot a little bit more acceptable yeah um opposite yeah. It, it would be places that you wouldn't have expected it, it to get over as well as what it did but it did okay. and he yeah and, and and he was of a heel for most of his 
career, you know, every once in a while they would, he would turn face, but it wasn't for very long. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to end the show with that because I just want to make sure people recognize go look up, you know, if you've never seen his stuff, mm-hmm. exotic agent street, I mean, he was, um, he was one of the ones you definitely do not forget, you yeah. know, but yeah, he, the world lost him last week. The, the announcement didn't come out for a week. And that's why I even texted Dwayne. I was like, did you know Adrian street died last week? And he's like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Was this, uh, was this still, I mean, this was in the States, right? No, he I mean, was, uh, he and his, his wife had actually moved back to Wales a few years ago after. So maybe that was the reason why, cause it just didn't travel um, that well. Or you expect. No, I mean, I think they, his family, you know, just didn't say it out there. Yeah. They didn't put it out there because he had All been right. sick for a little bit. So, but yeah, yeah. uh, but once again, I got to ask you one more question yeah, go real ahead. quick. Um, uh, you know, last couple of years, WWE has given certain awards or certain contracts out to, you know, like, for example, uh, Gable Stevenson. I don't know if you recognize him. He was the Olympic mm-hmm. winner who ended up getting a WWE contract. Now he's down in NXT. Do you see any of that, like uh, that type of stuff happening again this year? I don't know necessarily about this year. I mean, I think that, I mean, they that's something that, you know, if they have an opportunity, they're going to jump on it. Right. You know, so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily this year, but I mean, I think it will happen again, but I just wanted to ask that question. Just uh, if there's anyone that popped out that, Hey, you know, we could potentially see this guy down the road in the WWE. So, but we do have to go ahead and go, you know, so Justin, thank you once again, you know, for standing in uh, while Dwayne's off enjoying himself in Florida. Um, You know, but he did for him to come back. Uh, and we're going to have you back on. We're going to have a continuation of the show we did the other day. But when should a, when should people leave? We want to have a like a part two or just a follow up, you know. Um, but you know, everybody go out if you can watch SummerSlam at the Saturday WWE on Peacock. On Peacock. Uh, no, Gabriel, I hope you're listening because don't worry, payback is coming. So, but until we got to go again, my friend, I just say good day. God bless.